Welcome to the Real Life Show Living with a Chronic Illness. We are your hosts, Cassie and Chelsea. I'm Cassie, a single mom living with a chronic illness who is extremely passionate about living a full and happy life. And I'm Chelsea, a mindset coach that has a passion for helping people learn to put themselves first and be the best version of themselves each and every day. We came together to create Spoonies Unite, an uplifting community that offers resources, guidance, and support so you can live your best life while giving you the space to be yourself, be heard, and feel understood. We hope that by providing education from experts, we help Spoonies and their loved ones thrive. This show is not only for those who live with a chronic illness, but their friends, family, spouses, and just anyone else existing on the earth. Our goal is to normalizing having a chronic illness by sharing the real stories with real people and show the world how relatable those everyday struggles can be. There's a little something in here for everyone. And of course, thank you to our patrons for your continued support making this possible. If you love our show and want to get some extra goodies, go to patreon.com slash the real spoonies unite. Enjoy the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the real life show living with a chronic illness. Today, we are so excited to be interviewing Jordan Ray. Jordan Ray has gone from a star athlete, brain surgery survivor, to serial entrepreneur all before age 20. Jordan Ray is the founder and CEO of Limitless Medical Logs, keynote speaker, and aspiring author. Jordan had to make a quick shift from a prospective D1 college athlete to a brain surgery survivor after an unexpected blackout on the softball field left her fighting for her life at only 17 years old. As she continues to fight for her health, she used this this adversity as an ally and launched Limitless Medical Logs at age 20. Limitless Medical Logs was founded for patients by a patient and is your go-to health preparation manager at your fingertips. We provide medical journals and a new digital app which helps patients immediately track pain, symptoms, concerns, and questions to prepare for upcoming appointments. Cassie and I, once again, just, we love talking Jordan. We love all of our interviews. It was like, it was a group of girlfriends sitting around having coffee. She is so sweet and so inspirational. I mean, Homegirl went from being a D1 scholarship um, person to not being able to play her sport at all. And while that was a challenge that she'll talk about in this interview, she used her adversary, her, her experience to create something really, really cool that not only helps her and other members of her family feel their best and take charge of their health, but also that she's sharing it with all of you. She's sharing it with the rest of the world and she's an incredibly inspiring young woman. And we really hope that you enjoy this conversation with her. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of The Real Life Show, Living with a Chronic Illness. Today, Cassie and I have Jordan Ray with us. Hi, Jordan. Hi, how are you? You're great. We are so excited to have you on today. We're excited to be here. So Jordan has a very interesting story to tell you all and a very, very cool thing to talk about, too. So make sure you don't just tune out after your story. Make sure you stay along for that. (laughs) So Jordan, will you start off by telling our listeners a little bit about who you are and what got you to being here today with us. Sure. So I, um, I was an athlete 13 years. I, uh, was a prospective D one athlete. My dream was to be a D one athlete. And, uh, I'm also now a brain surgery survivor. I am a 
serial entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and soon to be author. So that, Whoa. yeah, this that is, is so exciting. <laughs> and I had to, I'm, you played softball, right? I did. I played for uh, 13 years. I started when I was four years old. I played softball too, so. You did? Mm -hmm. What position did you play? I was a catcher. Oh, okay. I played third. Nice. I could, I'd give you props. I couldn't do, I caught my seventh, eighth grade year. Knees are killing me. Ankles are killing me. So I give you mad props for being a catcher. Thanks. My knees are fucked up. <laughs> I know. I was actually just thinking, I didn't know that about you either, Chelsea. And like with your like hip stuff, I mean, that's gotta be like, you know. There's a reason my hips and my knees hurt sometimes, but yes, but for, I give you props because I liked catching because I had gear on me. Yeah. And I was like, it sounds so terrible. You have a bat in front of you to ball. And I'm like, yeah, but I have a helmet on literally all the time. I'm safe. I felt so safe. And whenever I had to go like do fielding practice, I was like, oh my God, the ball is coming at me and there's nothing to protect <laughs> me but my glove. I don't like this. Yeah. I fell in love with third. I mean, I love the the adrenaline that it gave me. My coach actually made me play so far up. I can tell you what gum, like flavor gum the girl was chewing. Dang. But it was for me, the reaction time. And I mean, is it going to be a line drive at your face or, you know, backhand? I just loved it. That's fantastic. Damn. So something I, happened that, that kind of stopped the sports playing for you, right? Yeah. So I, um, it was my junior year. We actually just came back from, I had a few scholarship offers and I was touring the schools and my mom actually just went into remission for cancer at that time. So a lot was going on. Yeah, a lot. Everything felt like it was falling into place. So we did the tours, we come back and it was a normal game day and I was running for a routine bunt at third base. And if nobody knows what a bunt is, it's instead of they don't swing, you, they just put the ball down pretty much in front of the catcher. Yeah, like that. Little tap. Um, so I was running for a routine play, and I just blacked out. And I got up a few seconds later telling everyone, I'm fine. I thought I just tripped and fell. I was very clumsy, mm -hmm. had a lot of injuries. And um, I walked back to third base telling everybody I was fine still. Worst ever migraine, extreme neck and back pain, but the scariest part of it all was I had no clue who these people were around me. And that's when I knew something was wrong. I've played with these girls for years, these coaches for years, and um, I actually continued to play for four more innings until the lady, the um, trainer pulled me out for concussion protocol because I was- It took her four innings? Four innings, because I kept telling her I'm fine, leave me alone, get out of the- I know, but it's her job to be like, shut up, student athlete. <laughs> I'm here to take care of you. Sorry, I digress. <laughs> no, it was. It was her job, and, and um, this was the first play of the game. So she made me leave the field, and the game ended. I went straight home, which really you're not supposed to do what concussion protocol, but I went home, went to sleep, and I went oh, to no. Oh God. Yeah, you're cringing right now. I know. Okay, wait. So did you just chip, trip and fall? I blacked out. I, so, so, yeah, I'll, I'll get there to okay. kind of die, But um, so I went to an orthopedic. He told me you have whiplash. You're fine. I'm like, okay, great. I'll get back onto the ball field in a week. And um, 50 migraines later, I'm sitting in my first ever neurosurgeon's appointment because you can't get in. You can't call and get in the next day. No. And, um he looked at me. He's like, I think I know what it is. He sent me for MRIs and CAT scans. I come back and he's, and this was in September. And um, he's like, 
you have something called Chiari malformation. So it's a serious neurological disorder where my cerebellum extends into my spinal canal, blocking cerebrospinal fluid to and from my brain. That is how I blacked out. The extension of my neck caused the flow to stop my neck. And that's, it was good night for a few seconds. And the craziest thing about the diagnosis is I was born with this. I was a competitive athlete for nine years. I never had one symptom, one migraine, nothing. Never blacked out until that one day. That and is how many, so and, interesting. Because yeah, how many times have you like thrown your head back in your life and it yeah. never made you black out before? A million times. That was, it was crazy. You know, diving, sliding, all of those motions cause it. I mean, getting hit in the head. I've had concussions, but it was so insane when he diagnosed me I didn't believe it at first I'm like you sure is there something you're missing because this really doesn't make sense but the blackout it all made sense and you could see it they had me do an MRI where my neck was literally back and you see the flow cut off right here to my brain so how interesting yeah and like kind of terrifying and like mind-boggling at the same time it, like it was, this is when I, I'm like okay well I wish I want everyone to get like CT scans like I know mm-hmm. they're expensive but like can we find a way to have everyone have a CT scan like every five years or something yeah <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't that be helpful MRI too but uh, yeah, yeah. And it all happened like the diagnosis losing softball because my first question to him when he said it, it was will I ever be able to play softball again and he just looked at me shook his head and he said you will never be able to put your uniform back on. So I went from a diagnosis that day, losing my sport, losing all the scholarships, everything I worked so hard for just out the door. And the next thing he told me was, get ready, kid, you're having brain surgery. That was in one appointment, all of that. And how old were you at this point? I was 17. My birthday was in a week. Holy shit. That's a lot to take in, especially, I mean, it's a lot for anyone, but when you're 17 and your family... Yeah. Like you said, had just gone through your mom having cancer. I mean, like what a lot for your whole family too. Now you have to face that. It's been like nonstop. I was 16 when my mom was diagnosed. Um, and that honestly pushed me harder to really get these scholarships because she was like a superhero. She would wake up, go to treatment, come home six o'clock in the morning make everybody lunch, breakfast, and then go to work for a full day and then come home and make dinner. But I was at softball all day and it softball became my escape. And I know you mm-hmm. can relate to uh, just being on the field, something happens, but I was so grateful for that sport. And I'm really grateful that the blackout happened after that because I probably mm-hmm. would have went insane. If my mom had mm-hmm. cancer, I had the blackout and I didn't have softball. Yeah. Goodness me. So I want to know probably because I like I played softball. It was my life for 10 years um, when I went off to college and I I didn't play uh, college softball at all. When I went off, I still defined myself as being like I played softball in high school. That's who I was. And it's taken a long time um, for me not to bring that up. Um, Apparently, I don't talk about anymore because Cassie didn't really know about what position. Yeah, I tell her everything. Um, I am. But I, I mean, I what was it like for you to be so close to that big goal of getting scholarships and playing D1 softball to have it taken away in a second? 
Like, I literally just started like tearing up a little bit. <laughs> so um, I'm tearing up just thinking about like, I mean, I didn't go through that myself, but just thinking about that possibility, it's making me want to tear up and start bawling. Yeah. Um, there was a few things like I took softball for granted until my mom was diagnosed. I thought that I was invincible. Nothing was going to happen to me. Um, the, the hardest part was my parents are the type where we don't walk around telling each other we're proud of each other. Mm -hmm. They would just show it by they, what they were providing for me, me being able mm -hmm. to play the sport. And um, I remember their face when we first stepped on to one of the universities. I mean, the pride. You can just see it on their face. So every day I still see it. And it, that's kind of the hardest part. Um, but truly, the hardest part of becoming a sidelined athlete, that's what I call it, was not that I lost the sport. It was the my friends, my teammates, the people that I played with for all these years. They were complaining that they, were, they had a game. They, they took the sport for granted, and they said, oh, I, I don't want to play in college. This sucks. I hate softball, all this stuff. I'm like, I would do anything to be in your shoes for 10 minutes and be able to put a uniform on and go play at third base. 10 minutes, that's all I need. And you get to continue, continue your high school career and also now go play and fulfill my dream, which you're complaining about. So that was really the hardest thing, and they never understood because they didn't go through something like I went through. It wasn't that I just lost a sport for, like, an ACL injury. I lost a sport, and I'm now preparing for brain surgery. So it, it was a lot to take in, but I can honestly tell you becoming a sidelined athlete was one of the hardest parts of this whole process. How'd you get through that? Um, I believe your mindset is 50% of the battle. So I did whatever I could to maintain a positive uh, mindset. And I think softball really built me like that because you know you'll have a game, you'll, you'll lose, you'll make a whole bunch of errors, but you just have to stay um, strong. You have to be happy that you have this opportunity to continue to play. Um, so when I realized that your mindset is you, you're going to be able to control what you can control and everybody is dealt a hand of cards, but are you going to play them or are you going to fold? So that's kind of where I looked at it and I decided to play the hand, even though they were shitty. That's a good way of looking at it. So brain surgery. <laughs> <laughs> the next topic yeah um, we m when my doctor said that we're like no nah, we need to go get a few more opinions we did and then we came back in like October and he's like oh I have an opening December 1st I'm like that's in like two months and he's acting like it's nothing and I mean so it was it was very quick the brain surgery was about nine ten hours um, I was in the pediatric ICU for about four days and the surgery that I had, you're normally in there for about 14 to 20 days, but it goes back to the athletics. I'm very good shape. I, mm -hmm. my mindset was set to go get me the hell out of here. Um, and yeah, to this day, I'm still fighting this illness. The surgery was a success, but I have scar tissue now blocking my cerebrospinal fluid. So it's just, it's unlucky. That's, you know, what I have to say with that. That's, yeah, that's the thing. Scar tissue can like really fuck things up, yeah. you know? And so this illness, so which, okay. So 
this is the first I've heard of this illness, you know, of course. Um, yeah. And so with saying like, you know, you're still battling the illness, um, when they did the surgery, obviously the scar tissue is a huge factor, but when they did the surgery, like, would that have considered you cured or if you take the scar tissue out of play? Right. Um, there's no cure for it. No. Okay. Yeah. Surgery was the whole point of, we wanted to reduce my symptoms. So I have daily migraines, neck right. pain, dizzy, all that stuff. The surgery will help that. And, um, my parents wanted to do it if I was driving and I just blacked out. Oh fuck. Yeah. So, right. So that's why, yeah. we, but it's actually funny that you say like, you've never heard of this. It's very rare. And September is Chiari awareness month. And my, um, town where I live in Wellington, Florida, they light the clock purple, which is our ribbon color, um, to help me spread awareness about Chiari. So, uh, that's really cool that they're doing that. And that's something I'm really proud of what I, Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's like, that's really, that's really cool. That is like super duper cool. I mean, cause this is like a big, I mean, that's, this is so like, whoa because like you said yeah it's rare um I know. so like whoa i don't even know what else to say but but okay so that makes a lot of sense like the worry of blacking out like you said especially driving so essentially yeah the brain surgery would help with those um symptoms and like potential risks right. and so like you said it's kind of unlucky that this scar tissue has developed and so is that you're obviously having migraines and these symptoms from that but have you blacked out since that first blackout? I have not. And, um, but like if I bend down to pick stuff up, I have to be very careful because I feel like I will blackout because the flow isn't getting to my brain. Um, I've just been very cautious. I know my limitations now. Yeah. That was a big thing to understand. Like if, uh, I drop a pen or something, I have to pick it up very slowly. Um, but I mean, my doctor wanted to do another surgery, but I'm like, it's brain surgery. It's not like an ankle surgery or something. And my mom's like, the scar tissue will grow back and it'll keep growing back thicker and and more. And it's just, we're trying to figure out what to do. I feel like I've done everything under the sun, but Mm -hmm. I'm just not getting any relief. And that part absolutely sucks. Have you heard of, and this is so funny because I'm going to, I'm going to like make a whatever a suggestion, but which I sometimes really hate to do because I've also been in the boat where someone's like, have you tried this? Have you tried that? And I'm like, I don't want to fucking hear your suggestions actually right now. You know? So I also respect that, that, but, um, I had a bunch of scar tissue, not from the same thing. This is totally not like a comparison, but just on the subject of scar tissue, I did not realize that I'd built up all this scar tissue, like in my abdomen around my colon. And I went to this one particular physical therapist in Montana that specialized in what they, I think it's called visceral manipulation, but it's essentially specifically for breaking up scar tissue. Have you heard of that or tried it? I haven't tried that. I've done laser uh, stuff that was supposed to work and that didn't work. It was like a thousand (laughs) dollars. for like five sessions and, and that didn't work. Um, I do physical therapy to yeah. get stronger because when he, ha- the, my neurosurgeon had to go in, my scar is it from my neck all the way up to the top of my, the back of my head. He had to cut all of the muscles um, from my, oh my goodness, get up there. So I had to rebuild like the traps and the shoulder blades and, and all of that. Um, but it, yeah, I tried the laser didn't work acupuncture didn't work. I'm doing massage therapy right now. 
but it's so tender in the back of my mm. head, tender to the touch. Like when people try to touch me, it's like, I want to punch them in the throat. Cause it's, Oh my so gosh. Tender. Oh, I can't even imagine. And so, like you said, like with, you know, you have to be careful bending down to like pick up a pen or obviously like cleaning would be challenging in that sense, yeah. you know, picking up or whatever. So do you have like, I mean, I guess other restrictions, like, because, oh my gosh, like even just touching it like that, you know, when you're lying down, how is that? Can you lay on your back? You know, I, my body feels weird when I lay like flat on my back. It's really hard to explain. Um, there was a, a point where I'm like, was this surgery worth it? Cause I feel like we're dealing with the Chiari, the symptoms as it is. And now we're adding on the surgery. I've never had balance issues in my life. You see me bumping into walls cause I just can't walk right. And, um, it, it's just, it's crazy that I feel like I'm driving myself insane, trying to think was the surgery worth it but I understand why we did it. Like the memory loss, all these other symptoms that came from the surgery. So um, like I'm a full-time student too, and it's just a pain in the ass going to school with a disability. And I'm hoping that I speak for all of the students and I'm trying to advocate for them because of my platform. And I just, it's so frustrating um, knowing if we did the right thing because I feel like I cannot get any relief right now. Yeah. Gosh. I bet that's really, really frustrating. Yeah. Um, I worked at resources for disabled students at Colorado state university when I was in college for a little bit. So I, I get how it's challenging to get help on a unit. Like they have resources, but the resources are stretched really thin. Yeah. And they um, look every uh, person the same, no matter what yeah. the disability is. So uh, yeah, it's, it's very it's tough. Yeah. So, that's, I guess one question I have is because we haven't had a student be on our podcast yet. So could you maybe share a little bit about what it's like going to school with disabilities, how you have, are managing that um, so that if anyone's listening is like, yeah, I want to go to school or I have kids that are going to be going to school and have disabilities. They can maybe get a little bit of a taste of what that would be like. Um, well, so with this, my school, I, um, I'm in the disability program where I'm able to list like what I need extra help on tests, quizzes, homework, but they don't give it to you because they don't allow extra help on like quizzes and tests. So I don't get the support that I need, but what I always do is I have an honest conversation with my professors. And a lot of the times they say they don't believe me because they have people come in and fake stuff and screw them over. So that's a whole layer of shit that I got to deal with on top of the illness and then going to school. So, um, I'm I, sorry. I'm just, yeah. I'm sorry. That sucks. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not lazy as you can tell, right? No. You can tell right away. And like, oh my gosh. Okay. Talking. Again, you're tw- 20 years old and you were a D- you were pr- you were going to be a D1 athlete. That alone speaks to your work ethic. Yeah, I know. For so, real. You can even and, just tell like your mannerisms, your speech, like yeah. the way that you hold yourself that you're not like you're not you can tell you're a go-getter. So that's just super fucking frustrating, <laughs> you know? And it's like I mean, this is I mean, god, we could go on about the whole like invisible illness platform mm-hmm. and having to prove yourself and like not being believed. And so yes, 
take, thank you, Chelsea, for just saying like, I'm sorry, you know, and we hear you. And that like, that fucking sucks. Yeah. The whole, the whole point that I was trying to make is exactly what you just said. It's invisible and they just, they don't believe it. But I mean, honestly, I'm still trying to figure out how to navigate school with it. I don't want to give that much advice because I'm not a pro at it. Uh, that's not something I should be a pro at, but it just, my advice would be find a team of advisors or an advisor or two that believes you first of all and is really there for the students and just talk to them and figure out how you guys can work together that's what i did and it still sucks but i mean it might work for someone else so that's my advice yeah, yeah. thank you for being honest with your advice i think that's great and i think mm-hmm. it's i hope people listening find comfort in the fact that if they don't have it figured out either that's okay because not everyone does right you you probably won't i mean it's just the professors need to um, help and I don't think they ever will. I think they feel they don't get paid enough, and so I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I know it's like it can go into such a world of so many issues, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it seems to me, especially like you said, like you don't feel as though right now because you, you know you're kind of in the thick of it. So giving advice and knowing what helps to get on the other end is hard. But what is so amazing and important is that regardless of that, you're kind of like using your experience and your platform to make a change. You know, you're trying to make a difference and make a change, which speaks volumes, especially when you're still kind of like facing adversity like every day and like obstacles with this every day. If I can add to with your question about school, I go to, I don't know if you have Florida listeners, but Palm Beach State College. So they have these forums and I approached, I know the Dean, the executive Dean were business friends. So I have someone that I can go to, but that's not advice to someone else. You know, if they don't have the opportunity. Um, but I went to her, I said, listen, we need to have a chronic illness forum. Your school sucks with taking care of people with chronic illnesses. And she's like, you know what? You are hundred percent right. Let's get this done. So we spent eight months. I had the, the mayor, of um, Wellington, West Palm Beach, all these people get involved to create this forum. We had it at the end of February. This was before all this. Yeah, you got it in right before the world went to shit. (laughs) So um, we did that. We had over 200 people. I had three classes of students. I did, that was my first ever keynote. My parents were there. And we had a panel of eight hospitals, uh, nonprofits, and just like caregiving people. But my whole point was that chronic illness forum was to spread awareness about invisible illnesses. And it was a huge success. And then the COVID train hit and everything went to shit. Oh my gosh. But I like want to cry tears of kind of like (laughs) joy and appreciation that, you know, you were able to pull that together. And I mean, people, you know, whoever like went there and were involved involved at the end of February, they won't forget, you know, when COVID's over and you can like re up all of that again, you know, um, that is just, that's incredible and something to be so proud Mm -hmm. of. And I mean, it's like, we always have to be reminded. I think that, you know, making a change, like it starts with one person, Mm -hmm. you know, if you can make that difference and bring awareness, even with like just one person. And so even, you know, like you said, your Dean listening and being like, yeah, you know, you're totally right. We do need to do something about it. I mean, that's, that's huge. And so, um, thank you for doing that and advocating. I mean, that's just, that's amazing. 
Yeah, it was a, it was a really proud moment. And uh, I've done, you know, keynote speeches before, but I took that time to kind of thank my parents too for all the support and all the hell we've been through. Cause it's just been hell every single year. Something yeah. comes up. So it was, I can't tell you like how I I'm proud of all the accomplishments, but you won't hear me say it cause I'm very humble. And my dad mm-hmm. always tells me, don't get a big head with what you're doing. Um, but that moment and this month with the lighting of the, of the clock, those two things I can truly say I'm so proud of. And I just, I'm going to keep doing more of it. Oh, that's beautiful. That's fantastic. Hey, everyone. I know you're enjoying this episode of The Real Life Show, Living with a Chronic Illness, but we're going to pause for a moment because I want to tell you about our most recent offering to help you live your best life. It is mywellnesshub.co. At mywellnesshub.co, you will find a comprehensive resource library for chronic illness individuals to live their best life. You know, all those hours you spent searching on Google to find that thing that's going to help your pain or that thing that's going to help you feel better or what type of diet to work, what books to read, what podcasts to listen to, you know, all the stuff. Well, we're putting all of that into one single resource library to make it easy for you to find the resources you need. And as part of that, we have our membership site, the hub where we're providing education for you at the low, low cost of $15 a month. You're going to get classes from experts around the freaking world multiple times a month, multiple times a week. You'll have access to the recordings from the past, all sorts of really, really good stuff. So make sure you go check out mywellnesshub.co. Oh my God. I love you. Well, we can say that you're amazing. Yes. And so you don't have to have it. You don't want to toot your own horn. We'll do it for you. Yeah, we can do it. You're doing amazing things. Keep doing it. You will make a massive difference. And that kind of brings me to another thing we want to talk about, because not only are you trying to advocate and create awareness, but you've also created this really cool tool. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your limitless medical logs? Yeah, of course. So, um, This tool came about when I told you my mom had uh, cancer. She would come home, papers scattered everywhere. She would, she's so stressed. She's like, I couldn't remember to tell my doctor this and that at the appointment. And I was 16 and I'm looking at her. I'm like, there has to be a way to better communicate between patients and doctors. This is ridiculous. I would have done anything to help my mom, but I felt like I couldn't. And, uh, but I was thriving in softball. I didn't know how to start a business, but then when my blackout hit, I was now in my mom's shoes of everything scattered everywhere. I couldn't answer my doctor's simple question of, hey, how have you been feeling the past two weeks? I, I don't know. <laughs> You're like, what do you, I can't remember what happened yesterday. What do you mean how I felt two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I made the decision when I was actually going into surgery. That's when I said, I am going to make a tool that I wish I had when I was first diagnosed. So... And only uh, you guys can see it right now, but our medical journals, which are six inches by eight inches. Y'all, it's an adorable size that would fit in your bag very easily. Like it's yes. amazing. That's what it I really would. User-friendly, put it in your purse. Um, the medical journal is for a whole year, and it's like a roadmap of all stages of the diagnosis. You can start at any point. It's not January to December. I didn't want to do that. That's nice. 
Yeah, and you'll, I'll just go through a few features. I mean, the appointment notes section is where you can, if you're somewhere, you're at school or something, you can pull this out really quick and, oh, I have questions. Let me write them down instead of stressing in the, you know, waiting room. Um, the human body chart and the diary are every single week and you can fill out, like for me, I have migraines every day. So I fill out every single box and put, did I do something prior to to cause this? So I'll show you here. And if you all are patrons, you can watch this video um, on our patron. So yeah, if you want to see the video, become a patron. All right. That's right. My, pl my, my plug is over. Psst. Hey, everyone. Part of the interruption. But I know we just talked about our Patreon, which as of the current times, doesn't exist anymore. We actually now have all of our podcast videos at the Spoonie Hub, which you can find by going to mywellnesshub.co. Just wanted to make sure that you knew where our videos are. We don't have a Patreon, but we do have the Spoonie Hub. We would love to see you there. All right, I'm done interrupting you. Going back to the interview. So we have the journal and we have the digital app coming out. In, so right now we're in September. <laughs> so we're in September and it will be out in a few weeks. The digital app will be free to download. You will have basic features that you can use for free and there will be premium upgrades, but I'm not giving the app for free to, for someone to use one little thing. You're going to be able to use it. So I'm That's not awesome. like some business owners, um, but the app is this digital version, but you're getting appointment reminders. You have more of the technology and I'm so excited. Like I, I'm like kid in a candy store. I, I'm so excited for the app. I mean, we've worked, took me four years to design this. So if that's, oh my gosh, you, that will show you that I just don't throw crap together. I yeah. put time and effort into it. And, um, yeah, so the app should be out in a few weeks. So probably by the time this episode comes out, y'all should be able to go over to the app store and you should be able to search. It's just called Limitless, right? It's L-I-M-I-T-L-E-S-S. -S. Yep. So you Perfect. should be able to look at Limitless and the app should be there. Logo. That will be the logo on it. It's so cute. It's so cute. Y'all, you need to download the app because I know Cassie and I have had multiple conversations mm -hmm. about, especially as we, were, as we were starting our business of well, how do we want to help people? And we were getting questions about like symptom trackers and time tracking and all this other stuff. And it, I know we kind of looked Cassie, but we couldn't find anything that we really, really liked. No. And you know, like, Jordan, this is cool. This, this is, is cool. Really and cool. One of the things I definitely want to comment on it about it too, which I'm excited about is, um, you've kind of designed it for essentially like your medical journey and how to go into like doctor's appointments and tracking so that you can be prepared for those appointments because like sometimes with like food journals. So, and actually Chelsea, like I can't remember now if we talked about this in the very beginning of our podcast episodes or if it was just when we were doing in-person meetings, but um, Chelsea for the longest time was like telling me to do a food journal. And I was like, not doing it. I just like, wouldn't do it. And then it would, week and week would go by. And then finally, she, instead of her being like, you know, have you started your food journal yet? She was like, why have you not started your food journal yet? Right. And I, I just want to say yeah. that I didn't tell her to do that because I think food journals are the end all be all of the world. It's that no. Cassie, Cassie was like, I was like, you feel like shit. What would help you feel better? And she was like, probably tracking my food. And I was like, okay, do a food journal. So yeah. I just, it was, 
it was Cassie's idea. Yeah, that's a good point. I just made her do it. (laughs) So yeah, so she was just my like accountability person (laughs) when I was like, I think I need to do a food journal. Anyways, so when when it was like five weeks went by and she was like, why haven't you done your food journal? What is stopping you from doing it? And then I was like, I think I'm like really afraid to do it because I don't want to see how much food I can't eat or shouldn't be eating or how much food is upsetting me because I love food. I'm not a picky eater. I love all the food and I like can't eat most of the food. And so then that was like a really interesting moment to realize like, I don't want to see it all laid out, you know, written out. And so sometimes with like symptom trackers or, um, you know, food journals or whatever. And I had a conversation with Abby about this when she'll be on a podcast at some point. So I don't think she, yeah, she hasn't already, she has pots. And she said one of the similar things where she was like, I don't always want to write that stuff down because it's like fucking depressing. And if I feel better one day, I like, don't want to know, you know, that I was feeling so bad all the days before. And we had a conversation about that. But what I really like about yours is that you need it because when you go into a doctor's appointment and someone says, how have you been feeling for the last two weeks? Often we do either focus on the positive or we forget, or we put it aside. Or once you get through your like horrible pain days and then you're over it, you're like, I'm done with it. And so you're like, I've been feeling pretty good. Or you like really have to think about it and be like, I guess one day I was feeling bad or I had migraines every day or, but when you're like writing it down, especially to have like all of this tracked, to go in and prepare so that you can advocate for yourself better in your appointments and go to your doctors and be like, I know my body, this is what's going on. Right. That is really important. And I'm super excited about this tool. Also, this is like, I don't know of anything quite like it also. I'm I'm really glad you said that because I created this for my mom and I, but then that's when, so I was a customer. I was looking for one and I'm, I'm seeing a few, I'm like, what the hell are these? It looks like they just, they've never had an illness in their life. Mm-hmm. Who's created them? And so that's kind of our tag not, tagline, created for patients by a patient. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad that you touched on, you don't want to write the negative, but I understand that, but it's important. Yeah, it is. I got sick the first week of March. I don't have COVID. I got sick with something different. And right now I'm seeing an oncologist because I was not able to track what's been going on because I would tell my, I went to the urgent care, the clowns at the urgent care. And they're like, Oh, you just have a, (laughs) you just have a cold. Yeah. This, This isn't a cold. I've had a cold before. This isn't it. And it was during COVID. So everyone's like, you got COVID. Um, and I have lumps on my breast, but we did an ultrasound and those are clear. So now I have another health issue that I'm dealing with, but a little thing like ringing in my ears could be a sign of a CSF leak, the cerebrospinal fluid. Mm-hmm. If I don't tell my neurosurgeon that, that is so important. You can die from a CSF leak. Yeah. So, I mean, those little things, it affects Our- you. And this allows you to be heard by your doctor. See, I'm so glad that you shared that because you know what, like in the world of invisible illness, you get, and this is one of the things that Chelsea and I are trying to change, which obviously you were trying to change too, is like, there's this constant like crying wolf or hypochondriac Or like, are you making it up? Or, oh, that's just part of this. Or that's just part of that. You're like, you know what? I lose feeling in my hands every day. 
and they're like, well, you know, that can be this or that. Are you sure that you do? And you're like, it's a problem. And so I'm so glad that you mentioned that because yes, like for ringing in your ears, you know, many of us would not know what that can signal. And Mm -hmm. for you, it might be like, maybe you've experienced that for an hour and then it's gone. And then the next day you like forget that you experienced it. So it's so important to write it down. So important to tell your doctor. And I mean, that's like, I'm, I'm so glad that you've created this because Mm -hmm. you're right. It is really important. And we only get, you know, 10 or 15 minutes often with our doctors Mm -hmm. and in that 10 or 15 minutes, you're supposed to tell them like all this stuff and to have it documented and written to show and where you can see patterns. That is one of the things. um, So before I got my diagnosis, this would have been four years ago, 2016, when I was seeing a DO, a osteopathic physician, um, she had recommended writing down, just like tracking some of my symptoms because I told her, I was like, you know, I just kind of feel like I have like a fever every month. Like, I feel like I'm like, I feel like I have the flu every month. I feel like I'm going to throw up. I have full body aches, I have a fever and it feels like it's kind of every month. And so she had me start like tracking it. And it was kind of like clockwork that I would have what felt like the flu for like a week every month. And later she determined that that was to do with like, um, I tested positive for Lyme disease. And so she later said that it was essentially the Lyme disease, like flaring up and then, um, the body trying to fight that and then having that flu like symptoms. And then it would wane down. And I had no idea that me telling her those symptoms that I was like, I kind of feel like I have the flu and then documenting it. That was part of what signaled her to test for the Lyme. Exactly. And yeah. yeah. And so like for those listening, you know, obviously we all hear how challenging it can be and how you want to focus on the positive. And when you get out of pain, you want to kind of forget about it and move on. At the same time, it's also really important to track what's going on in your body because you never know when you might need it and to reflect back on it and to say like, you know, this is what's been going on and what that could mean. And so especially for you with, I mean, God, migraines every day. Yeah, it's like a loop is like in the back of my head. But that's really solid advice with you just said, the patterns. Tracking mm-hmm. patterns is so important. And that's kind of the whole point of this. I can't believe I forgot to say it. But in the app, you can pull health summaries. So if you oh, go to that on Monday and you see them next Monday, there's a summary that will be pulled for that week. So it's an easy, like a piece of paper. You just, Hey, here's what's going on. Or an I email. love that. So, um, yeah, I had, here's the brain. I had something else to say, but I forgot. That's okay. If it comes back to you, Rita, I know I was just kind of thinking like, we talk a lot about how doctors don't believe people with invisible illnesses, but there's something about like giving like a print off of a health summary from like the past couple months or past couple of weeks or seeing that notebook with all these symptoms tracked, these feelings, there's something about like, you, you can't ignore that. Like if someone has taken the time to be like, I have a migraine every day. I feel feverish on these days. Like all, all the stuff, like I ate this and felt like shit. Then, I mean, that's a lot of information that I feel like hypochondriacs are not going to do. Cause that's a whole, that's a whole different issue. Mm-hmm. And those people need help in a bit different way. And they need to be, be helped in a different way not just push to the side too. But I mean, like it, it's, I'm a, I'm a science person. So when you have data in front of you, it's like, yeah. can you really ignore the data? Yeah. Well, to add on to that, I spent, um, 
two and a half years designing this. So I was still dealing with my health. So I was a test dummy. My, my um, uncle actually was diagnosed with colon cancer uh, like six months after I was diagnosed with my Chiari stuff. So I gave him one. I'm like, hey, go to all your doctor's appointment. Use this. And our doctors, their jaw would drop because they see that we are taking control of our health and they wake up and say, oh, crap. Now I got to give them. <laughs> They're like. I have to actually do my job now. <laughs> but it's the whole point of now they're seeing you're, you are active about it. Yeah. You want to get better. It's not being, you know, I'm making this up or something. You actually are taking the time like you just said. So, yeah. Yeah, it shows that you're serious. It's like one of those nice ways to be like, you know what? Like, I'm serious about this. And um, I, I – I am so excited about what you have created. And, you know, like you said, like for patients by patients essentially is, um, a huge, it's huge. Yeah. It's, it's, it's huge. Like you've been living with it. Your mom has lived with it. Your uncle has used it. I mean, this is just, this is really exciting. And, um, I'm really inspired by, like you said, like I really also have a lot of like compassion and understanding for how frustrating it is that you had this surgery and like you still like a couple of these, like the big risks that they were trying to mitigate, like you said, like blacking out while driving or something like it's understandable why to go, you know, to try and eliminate that risk, but to be still living with so many symptoms and, um, you know, trying to find a way around those things and moving on from it. Like I really have a lot of compassion for you. It's so frustrating, but I'm so inspired mm-hmm. by like how much you have just been like, well, I'm still going to like fight for all the people that are dealing with this. I mean, it kind of like, it's like that fight that you've, that you had obviously as an athlete and that like grit and that determination you have just gone and taken into this like advocacy world for disabilities and chronic illness And we need people like you who are like, you know, you're not going to like shut me down. I'm going to fucking keep going because you've, you've kind of got that in you, you know, and And softball players are tough. Don't super tough. They're tough. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not an easy sport to play. (laughs) I I know, but I I really appreciate you saying that. And, um, I remembered, I wrote it down. I remembered what, um, I was going to say the journals, uh, they were 1999. I price them at 12.99 because I just launched a give back program where when a certain amount are uh, purchased, I donate to children's hospitals. So yeah, people know that when they're buying a journal, you're helping someone else too. So yes. that's what I'm trying to do more than just, you know, yes, it is a company. Yes. I want to do well with it, but the more people you're giving I want, back. Yeah. It, that's See, and I love that, like whenever companies are giving back. So I went to physical therapy yesterday and literally they like had these shirts up that obviously just came in. Cause I was there like a week ago and they didn't have the shirts and the t-shirts say like survive thrive 2020. And I'm like, fuck yeah. You know, that's like the year right now. And it was like a hundred percent of the proceeds goes to, um, the Susan something foundation, which is for breast cancer research. Mm-hmm. And so I was, Coleman. what? Huh? Susan G. Thank you. Susan G. Komen foundation. Good job, Jordan. Cause I was like, it's Susan B. Anthony. And I was like, no, that's the American historical person. I know. I'm I like, know. that's not right. I'm I not like, going to say that. Yeah. 
So yeah, so I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm buying a t-shirt. Not only because yes, I have survived and I'm trying to thrive for 2020, but like whenever something is like donating, like I bought these like shirts that donate to sea life creatures and helping sea life. And I'm like, I'm buying this shirt because I want to donate to sea life. And so, and Chelsea and I also like 10% at least of everything and anything that we bring in also goes straight to our nonprofit for chronic illness and helping with wellness treatment. So we love that you're giving back and Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we need to like, so everyone knows that by the time this episode comes out, you will likely be able to download the app limitless. Where can people get your book, your journal? The website, limitlessmedicallogs.com. More of my stories on there if you want to read it. And you can also reach out to me. I I like when people send me emails. I I just love it. Um, You can send them to contact at limitless and I will end up getting it. Uh, Contact at limitlessmedicallogs.com. But you said Susan G. Komen. They were actually at my chronic illness forum. Oh, yay! Cool. uh, What a small world. Yeah, that was pretty cool. But, um, and then also they, if they want to send me like a message on Instagram, I will get back to Jordan Ray 25. So, um, I mean, I'm just, I would love everybody's help to kind of spread awareness about this and especially with the app and, uh, I'm really trying to change the healthcare industry. And so I need, I need some help. I need people behind me for this. hundred percent. Well, what you're doing is fantastic. And it's kind of like, it seems like people should, it hopefully, the end goal can be like when you get a diagnosis or even when you're on your way to getting a diagnosis, you have a limitless medical log given to you for the process. How fun would that be? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, I, someone asked me like, do you feel like you've made it? I'm like, no, not even close. But you know, when I will is if I'm at a doctor's appointment and they say to me like, here, here's a medical log, or I see people using it or it's mm-hmm. on their phone. That is when I know. I've done something good and um, I'm so excited for that. But like I said, I'm so damn excited for the app. It's been such a stressful journey. It's sleepless nights, pulling my hair. I'm just so ready for it to launch. That's huge. An app is huge. Yeah, it really, I mean, I know how hard it is to build a website. Building an app is a whole other deal and it's incredible that you've done that. Jordan, you are truly an inspiration. Um, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you so much for all of the work that you do. Like, I mean, chronic illness stuff better watch out because you're a fighter and with you doing everything that you're doing, like some good things are really going to happen. Oh, 100%. thank you for creating the most amazing tracker system ever. Like it's truly incredible. Thank you. I really appreciate the kind words. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please write us a review to help us reach more people like you. If you'd like to connect with Cassie and I, you can find us on Instagram at The Real Spoonies Unite. You can also join our private Facebook community, Spoonies Unite, or you can visit our website, therealspooniesunite.com, for all sorts of resources and to stay up to date with our current projects. And don't worry, you can find all of these links in the show notes below. Thank you to our wonderful Spoonie patrons for all your support, and you can become one too. That's right. All you have to do is go on over to patreon.com slash Unite, and you can get all sorts of extra goodies like videos of our episodes and more. Any support is greatly appreciated. It helps enable us to create more content for all of you, as well as make this podcast sound better and better. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be back in your ears soon.